So we are in week two, technically, although I've done three weeks because one of them was on podcast of this series, which is called By Any Other Name, in which we are talking about love. And so in the first week, we talked about what love actually is. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. And the first Corinthians verse, just about what it means uh, to actually have love, to actually show love. It's not just about um, what people say. And one of the things that I say, and I said this on Tuesday, I said this on Sunday, I'll say this a lot this month, anytime uh, someone tells you you have to do something or say something or be something in order for them to love you, that's not real love. Like, that's not what love is. Love is always there, and it's not, it doesn't mean you're perfect, it doesn't mean that you always like everybody, but we have to love people, and that means love is patient, love is kind, love is hopeful, love uh, doesn't give up, and we deserve to have that because Jesus gives that to us, and it's amazing, and he thinks that we deserve it, uh, even though we don't. And then we, he tells us, give it to everybody else. Like, show everybody else what this means. That's how you're going to know, uh, how people are going to know that you follow me. And so part of love, and the thing I want to talk about this week, is communication. And so we live in a very different world. The world is always kind of sucked. That's obvious. Like, there's always uh, politics. There's always business. There's always class discrepancies. Like, there's always things that are messed up. There's always war. There's always rumors of war, etc. But now with social media and the internet, uh, I'm not saying it makes the world worse, but it makes it much different in that um, you can basically define your world in such a way that you only have people that you agree with around you. And so a lot of adults do this. Teens don't do it as much, but a lot of adults do this where you only watch the news of the politics leaning that agrees with you. And you only follow the people on X or uh, TikTok or Instagram or whatever that agree with you. And anybody that disagrees with you, you block them immediately or you defriend them. Now, in real life, you don't, might not act like that, but you do that. And so you build, this, you build this life of a bubble of people who only agree with you. And then you'll notice the outrage when someone else outside of that bubble disagrees because they think that their whole world is that. And so that is uh, hurting communication. Um, and so one of the keys to love uh, the number one is accepting it from Jesus and then knowing that it's important to show that to other people. But a big one at the top of the list is communication, uh, talking. And so I want to read from James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. Uh, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So basically, he's saying, uh, when you're talking to anyone, anyone, listen first. In fact, listen twice. There's a, a, a phrase, a quote that people use for carpentry and, and mechanical stuff that I do not do, um, but it's measure twice, cut once. And the reason for that is like if you're building, let's say that Rob is building a dog house to house all the puppies that are around, and he's building like this big kennel. And so he needs the wood for it, and he needs it to be perfect. And so he measures, but he's kind of in a rush, and so he just does it once, and then he cuts, and he realizes it was like a foot too short. Well, you can't really grab another piece of wood and glue it on there and make it longer, so you have to start over again. And so carpenters, builders, construction workers, they'll say you measure twice. Like you measure, you make a mark, and then you measure again. And sometimes if it's like a huge project, you'll even bring somebody else in to measure so that you're sure that more than one set of eyes are on it, and then you cut. You only cut once you're positive that it's the length that you want. Because, again, with building materials, you don't really have a second chance. Now, in conversation, in the world that we live in, and the world has always been this, but it's worse now with social media and talking and politics and everything, um, in terms of 
people listen not in order to communicate, but to respond. And so if you guys are talking to me and you're talking about something that I disagree with, and you're giving your side, you're talk making your case, you're talking about it, I'm not really listening. I'm just watching your mouth, and the words are going through my head, but I'm not really paying attention. I'm just waiting for my chance to get in and put my two cents in. Uh, and that's what so many people do. Almost everybody does. If you watch as we get into a political season that will be all kinds of fun, um, you will see debates and people talking where it, it's almost like they don't even hear the questions they're asked. They just answer. They just have something prepared and they say it. And then they're talking to somebody else that they're running against or whatever. And they don't even listen to what the other person is saying. And sometimes, and this happens over the course of time if you watch enough debates, sometimes they kind of say versions of the same thing, but they're yelling at each other because they're not listening. And it's so weird. But people do that all of the time. And they do it on social media. Um, I remember occasionally I follow some supernatural fan groups and stuff on Facebook uh, because I'm old enough to do that. You and I do. And so I'm old enough to uh, be on Facebook. I'm over the, the limit of being able to be on Facebook and still making it. Otherwise, everybody's on Instagram and whatever. But um, so I, I've, I see occasionally like people will post these things. And I don't post, but I will see somebody from one of the fan groups post like, hey, um, say something that's not true about this scene and they'll share like a picture of something that happened and then it's just like this weird little thing that they want to do where people say something funny. Well, the first or second comment is always, well, that's not what that means. Like that's not what that is. And like it's somebody ignoring what the person said and going straight to it. And people do that all the time on social media in life. It's listening to respond. And so what James here is saying, listen, be quick to listen. Don't be quick to respond. Be slow to respond. That means listen extra. Listen to them. And even ask questions. Be like, is this what you mean? Are you talking? One of the things that, that made TV go for such a long time, uh, shows like Three's Company all the way through, shows like Friends all the way through, shows that exist today. I just rewatched Alias, and it's not a sitcom, but it had like the same type of stuff where you'll have two people that know something, but the other doesn't know that the other knows. And so it's like this scenario that is like, oh man, there's all kinds of hijinks and craziness. And it's because they're quick to <clears throat> they're quick to talk. They're quick to respond. They're quick to get angry. They're quick to do whatever else. And, and they're very slow to listen. They don't pay attention. They don't ask. Um, sometimes, like almost every TV show that's a sitcom, would end after like two minutes if the second person in the scene would just say, hey, is that what you meant? But, and so it never happens like that because then it's not very funny and it's like a short show and et cetera. But in life, this happens too. Sometimes we're afraid to ask questions. Sometimes um, we're like, nobody else has this question. If I ask it, I'm going to look stupid. For one, that's not true. Uh, but for two, we just feel that way. And I felt that way before. Um, but then in conversations and arguments, it's like, man, if I stop and ask, then I'm not going to get a chance to respond. Well, it's more important to be sure of what you're talking about. And so when it comes to things like relationships with your family, relationships with friends, dating relationships, you want to be quick to listen and you want to listen to their side and you want to pay attention to what they're saying and not just wait for your chance to respond and then ask questions. Like even if they're kind of stupid questions to you, ask questions about what it means before you respond, especially if it's something that as you hear it, it's like you're starting to get mad. And you know, we've all got hot button things. We've all got things where somebody's talking and you're like, oh, I know where they're going. And we're like jumping ahead and we're like, three sentences ahead of them while they're still talking and we're getting mad. We're starting to get mad and we get madder and madder and then we're just furious. And when you get in an argument, so many people start by yelling and insulting. Uh, again, we go to politics, but it starts with insults more than it goes 
actually talking about the issue. One of the things that kills me about political commercials is they're all about why not to vote for the other person. They're never about why to vote for the person who's the commercialist. But, and we talk about that and we make fun of that, but then in conversations we do the same thing. We, we often will argue not based on what we think is right, but on proving the other person wrong. And that's not how it works, because if anybody starts talking to you and their goal is clearly to prove that you're wrong about something, you're going to get defensive. And it's natural to get defensive. And so if we do that to other people, they do that too. Um, and so asking questions, uh, listening to what they're actually saying, uh, trying to put things together. And if you feel yourself getting mad, be like, hey, listen, I'm not sure if I'm taking this the right way. Like, are you saying this? And like, just clarifying. And maybe they are saying that. Maybe they are saying something insulting. But most of the time, especially in friendships, especially in family relationships, most of the time, there's just a misunderstanding there. Or they're not realizing that you're taking it that way. And if you stop it and you diffuse it, and you're like, OK, I was listening. And is this what you're thinking? They're going to be like, oh, no, no, no. And then they'll talk to you. And then you sidestep this horrible argument that could have happened. And it's so important to do that. Now, in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to do that. You have to train yourself to do that because you're always going to feel like they wouldn't do that. Like if I were doing this, they wouldn't give me the same benefit of the doubt. Who cares? Because nobody gave Jesus the benefit of the doubt, and yet he gave everybody the benefit of the doubt. He treated everyone the same. And so part of love is listening. It's listening to, to hear, listening to build a relationship, listening to find out things. Um, there is always going to be somebody who knows something that you don't. There's always going to be somebody you can learn from, even if you don't agree with them. There are people that, that know things about something that, that you may not care about, but learning is cool, and you get to know more things, and then you can tell things, and you can share things, and you can talk about all of this. Uh, going to the next part of the scripture. Um, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Uh, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So basically, uh, this is James saying, hey, if you say you're a Christian, actually be a Christian. Like, don't say, oh, yes, we should absolutely love everybody. Or something a lot of Christians will say a lot is uh, love the sin or hate the sin. Well, they will often take that and they'll say it and they might mean it when they say it but then when they meet somebody that they really disagree with or that they see as a sinner they go at them and they yell at them and they scream at them and they try to shame them that's not love and so James is like listen the worst thing for Christianity is hypocrisy and they're always hypocrites everybody is a hypocrite in one way or another at some point it just happens like most of the time it's accidental sometimes it's intentional but most of the time for most of us it's accidental and we don't realize it etc but it's very easy to say, well, I go to church, I'm a Christian. It's very easy to say, love God, love others. It's very easy to say, yeah, we should be like Jesus. It's very easy to say all of those things. It's very hard to do those things in the world. Like, it's very hard to go up against somebody who is just the worst imaginable person. Like, say they went to Purdue and they like LeBron, and, and there are all these things that are just wrong in the world. And it's so hard to actually talk to them. Uh, and yet, we think about Jesus, and we think about how he brought murderers into the faith and said, hey, I've got a plan for you. I've got a place for you. Paul, for example. Um, and, and we think about how he gave people second chances. We think about who he saw past the sin, past what people were, and saw their hearts. And he showed them love no matter what. As I've said before, he died on the cross not for Christians, but for people before they became Christians. He died so we'd have the chance to become Christians, to become people like him. And so James here is saying, hey, 
if you talk about the Bible, if you talk about church, if you listen to people talking about church, if you listen to the Bible, if you know anything about God's word, then do it. Like it only works if you do it. It doesn't matter if you know it. There are a lot of people who have a lot of stuff memorized, but then they don't know how to put it into to action. Like they don't put it into action. But if you truly want to be like him, then go out and be like him. And again, you're not going to be perfect. So part of being like him, part of being a Christian is being willing to say sometimes, you know what? I screwed up. Like, I messed up, and I was a jerk, and I am so sorry. And then giving them a chance to apologize, or to uh, accept your apology. Um, but so many people today are like, well, I'm listening just so I can argue, and then I'm not going to apologize because I'm going to be right no matter what. And they'll just fight their ways into whatever. Uh, and some people will do it under the guise of, well, I've really got to prove that they're wrong in order to make them a Christian. Well, again, if somebody is just constantly yelling at you and shaming you and making you feel bad about yourself and saying how wrong your life is and how wrong you are, do you care what they think? Like, you don't. I mean, you might care about being hurt, but you're not going to be like, oh, man, I cannot wait for this person to tell me how to live my life. Like, it's going to be so awesome. They're clearly rational and kind. No, we're thinking this person's a jerk, and I am so hurt, and I am so mad, and I'm just upset, and it sucks, but that is not what everybody does, and that's not what Jesus did, and that's not what we do, and so huge part of communication, again, is listening. It's giving people the benefit of the doubt. It's not letting people walk around and lie about you and take advantage of you, but it's being willing to give second chances. It's being willing to show who Jesus is. Uh, <clears throat> Pastor Andy this morning, and I preached on this too, um, but he talked about where Jesus washed all of the disciples' feet shortly before he died. One of the disciples in that room was Judas after he'd already betrayed him. And Jesus didn't say, oh, not washing yours, because... You know, for one, it's gross to wash people's feet anyway. But for two, he's like, oh, no, you're a big jerk. You've sinned. Now, most people in most churches and most worlds would say, yeah, Judas is bad. Like, Jesus should have called him out. But what did Jesus do? He washed his feet. Like, he wasn't saying it's okay that you did what you did. He wasn't saying you're forgiven right there because Judas had to ask and he didn't. He's just saying, hey, I'm going to treat you how I treat you. And that's what I do because I can't control what you do. I can control what I do. And so that's what James here is saying. Going to the last part of the scripture here. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Um, orphans and widows aren't the only people you should care about. Those are just classes that really need help and care, and everybody would agree. And so when James is talking about this, when it gets mentioned, it's like, well, or especially at this point, like widows really needed help. Uh, women couldn't have jobs, couldn't have their own property for the most part. Uh, children obviously couldn't do anything except work at Kings Island, apparently. And so, uh, or Apple, but then they didn't get paid, and so it was just sad. But... Um, it's just an example of you have to go help everybody, help the people that really need it, help everybody because everybody needs it. But when it talks about controlling your tongue, uh, one of the things that I use as kind of an example for this is, let's say that you're at school or you're at Walmart or wherever you hang out, but let's just say school, and you're talking to your friends and you're with like your your close group, your your uh, the, the, like the gang that you hang out with, like your group, your people, your best friends, the people that you make, you have these inside jokes with and you just you have this almost language that you just know what you're going to say 
Uh, and so you're talking. And one of them, not you, let's say one of them starts telling a racist or a sexist joke or something horrible. They're saying something really bad about somebody else. And you're like, oh, I'm not a part of this. But you're also not walking away. You're not stopping. And you're just like, well, whatever. This is just sometimes they'll do this. And like you're just kind of standing there. And then you turn around and you see somebody that you really wanted to invite for church. And you're like, man, I really wanted this person to come to youth. And you're like, hey, uh, you want to come to youth? They're like, I just heard that. Like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And, and so that's what they mean by control your tongue. It's not just be careful what you say, but be careful of what you don't say. Like sometimes not standing up for someone, not helping someone, not saying, hey, stop this, is as bad as saying it in itself. And, and we sometimes will justify so many things. Uh, one of the things that people like a lot about politicians, and I'm not going to name specific ones, although I could, is that they will sometimes say things that normal people, and especially Christians, will wish that they could say. And it's like, well, this is a horrible thing, but I didn't say it, so I can agree with it. And we'll kind of use people like that. Like, we'll listen to somebody who's telling a bad joke or saying something mean or being insulting. It's like, well, I didn't do this, but we're kind of just glad that they said it because we wanted to be able to and we're afraid to or we're ashamed to or whatever else. And so it's understanding, hey, part of love, part of being like Jesus is actually being like him. Like, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect because you're not. But it's setting this example of showing kindness, even to people that you don't agree with or you don't understand. Uh, somebody could be the worst person in the world. That doesn't mean you have to insult them. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be their best friend, but it mean, doesn't mean you have to go around talking behind their back and insulting them because you're lowering yourself to their level. And again, Jesus did not do that, and he could have because he actually never screwed up. But he didn't. And so he said to us, hey, if you claim to follow me, then do it. Like, if you really say, I want to be a better person, I want to be like Jesus, I want to be a Christian, then do it. Like, don't just say it. Actually do it. And when you screw up, ask for forgiveness. When you screw up, say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. And just go into your life in communication. When you're talking to your parents, sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's hard because you guys are at ages where, uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again, but you're at ages where, like, half the people in your life are like, you're too young to have an opinion. Go over there, play with your games, do whatever, and just leave. let the adults do their stuff. The other half are saying, you need to be more mature and you need to grow up. You need to act uh, your age, not your IQ or whatever, like whatever they'll say. And sometimes the same people are saying those two things at different times, and so it can be very confusing. Um, and so sometimes you'll go in and your parents will just be on your case. Maybe they had a bad day because parents aren't perfect. And they're just on you for something. And maybe you really did it. Maybe you didn't mean to. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe whatever. Um, but they're just on you. And so you get so mad. And it's like, my parents do not listen to me. And so you slam doors. And you go out. And you break vases. And you do all this stuff that you're just so angry. Although probably breaking a vase would go beyond the line for most of you. But you're like so mad. Where I'm not saying it's okay if they're on you for nothing. Or if you didn't actually do it. But if you stop and be like... Uh, you know, just accept what they're saying. And then later when they're calmed down, come back and say, hey, can we talk? Uh, and you're like, you know, this affected me, but it's not, it's just I want to talk about this and I want to explain how my side or I want to talk about it and do it calmly, not coming in and be like, you never listen to me. I can't believe you. You're not my real parents or whatever it is you yell. Um, and so if you match everybody else's anger and everybody else's yelling and everybody else's judgment, then nothing's ever going to get done. Like, go watch Congress talk for a while. Like, nothing gets done because they just yell at each other and they all stick to their sides. But in life, 
if you listen. And again, it's not fair. It's not fair that people will treat you like a jerk and they will say things about you and then you're quote unquote not allowed to do the same. You're allowed to do whatever you want. But if you really want to be different, if you really want to show people what it means, if you really want to set an example, don't do that. Like, wait until they're calm. Wait until you're calm and have the conversation. Uh, ask questions. Listen. Uh, share from your heart. Talk without yelling. Talk without insulting. Because making someone else feel wrong, making someone else feel dumb doesn't make you right or smart. It doesn't. Like, making somebody feel bad about themselves does not make you better. It just makes both of you feel sad. And so treat people better. Treat people like you would want to be treated. Talk to people like you would want to be talked to. Ask the questions you wish people would ask you when you feel misunderstood. And do everything you can to be like Jesus, because it is never too early to do that, and it's never too late to do that. So do your best to be like him. And that's all I got.